If parenthood came with a GPS, it would most likely just say recalculating. Join Yulandi Becker and her guest experts Wednesdays at 11 a.m. for Bump and Beyond, the show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is me, Yulandi Becker, your host today for Bump and Beyond, and of course, as always, we talk parenting and the fun, the blessings. The hardships, everything that goes with it, but as we all know, I think that's the one place, and I think it's also relevant with all situations, not just with parenting. Is we are allowed to feel more than one feeling at the same time, even if it's two opposing feelings. We are allowed to do so. Today's show is going to be a good one again because I am joined again by one of my all-time favorite guests, Golia Forkson. But today we are talking the talk with our kids, and I actually a while ago saw a funny video on social media about we definitely have it harder than our parents because they only needed to do the birds and the bees talk with us. We need to do the birds and the bees talk, the birds and the birds talk, the bees and the bees talk, the birds who want to become bees talk, the birds who don't know if they like bees or birds talk. So it's a slightly more complicated situation. I do apologize if my joke offended anyone, but I assure you, if it is offensive, it is due to ignorance. And this is why this conversation today is so important. It's a new world we're living in, and we need to learn how to navigate it by having these important discussions amongst ourselves, and of course, also with our children. In all honesty, <laughs> the talk and talking about sex and sexuality and sexual identity has, has been very natural. In my own household, um, there's various things um, that I think added to that. One of the things is that we have a quite diverse group of friends, which helps to normalize certain situations. Um, and of course, I'm also not the average kind of parent. Uh, because of my job, I read an unusual amount of parenting information, and 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 so I am. I, I guess overly informed in certain ways, and I think those things definitely contributed to it. But a big part of the contribution is also my own experience with sex and sexuality. And I grew up in a very like conservative Afrikaans household, and it was kind of, um, yeah, I guess. I was told things like constantly told things like you have to wait until marriage till you have sex and it's a sacred thing and 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 all these statements even though I do agree with some of it to be honest the way it was kind of sold to me made me feel ashamed and guilty when I actually myself started having sex and and it took me honestly even while I was married. Years to kind of let go of this guilt and shame, and it made it less enjoyable for me. And this is something I did not want for my children. I wanted them to have a lot more healthy openness 
with that regard. So it's a contribution, like I said, of various things that have kind of opened up the conversation for my kids. Adding to this, of course, research shows that having access to sexual and reproductive education and rights can decrease child marriage, decrease teenage pregnancies, and prevent transmission of sexually transmitted infections. And to be honest, come on, (laughs) sex and sexuality surrounds us constantly constantly you cannot unless you put your child in a box avoid sex and sexuality and with the internet especially your kids will be exposed to it a third i'm not even joking a third of all information on the internet is pornographic Um, that's so your child is going to be exposed to some form of sex or sexuality and why would you want them to be educated through the internet no you want to have these conversations with your children so that they are open so they receive open and honest and reliable information from you you want to be the source of this conversation and not I don't even know, I want to use the word perverse, but inappropriate, non-realistic things that porn, pornographic things that are on the internet should not be their frame of reference when it comes to these things. And as you can see, I'm already getting nicely on my soapbox about this issue because I think it is an issue that we also are afraid to talk about. Again, I even said in the the show before uh, with Galia, I told her that I think people don't like talking about this, but we are going to be talking about the passionate certified sex and relationship coach, Galia Fawkson, all about having the talk just now after this break. This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. If you've just joined me, of course, you are on Bump and Beyond with me, your host, Yolandi Becker. And today we are talking the talk, talking about sex and sexuality with our children. And as always, Carol, if you're out there, Please do send in some messages. Um, but we want you all to be talking with us. And um, the telephone number, of course, that you can phone is 010-140-3020. You can SMS us at 34519 or send us a telegram on 061-895-1019. Our new app is obviously available for you to download. It's not so new anymore, so I should probably not use the word new anymore. But you can easily access and um, interact with us also from the app. So please go have a look at that, of course, as well. So I want you to share your own experience. Was it, I mean, even if you're a grandma out there, was it an awkward conversation to have with your children? Was it fine? Are you happy with what you've done? Do you feel there was something that you could have done differently? Share with us your own experience with the talk. As I said, with me... It was various things that kind of added to it, but I am talking way too much and we have an expert here for a reason. So hello, Galia. Thank you again for joining me. (laughs) Hello. Thanks for having me. 
it's it's always nice to chat with you. Unfortunately, not in studio today, but it's yeah. nevertheless. If you haven't um, followed Galia yet on Instagram, she is super entertaining and great. So you need to go follow her on Instagram. It's a good follow to do. She's got lots of insightful tips and everything. So yeah. let's get to the point. Um I now mentioned to me why I feel it's important and how I kind of spoke to my kids about, I didn't share yet how I spoke to them, but that it was relatively easy and it kind of naturally kind of progressed. Why, what is the talk according to you and why do you feel it is important? So, well, you know, you mentioned earlier that awkward talk that our parents gave us about the birds and the bees. Well, we're not doing that anymore. You know, today that is not appropriate. And, and, you know, you made the joke about we have to talk about all the different things. It's, it's actually not even, we're not talking about bees and bees. We're actually not using those terms anymore. We're actually just talking about human beings. And, um, we're not going to just focus on one big talk that actually just creates so much anxiety for parents. It's embarrassing for the children. It actually makes it um, like quite awkward and creates actually more shame than we're, we're intending. And it's not always that most empowering um, way of having a conversation with our kids. The way that the, the way we should be educating our children is through an ongoing conversation around healthy age appropriate elements of sexuality the topic of sex should not be taboo unfortunately it still is in a lot of spaces and all that shame fear and embarrassment actually just needs to fall away because if we want to raise children who are empowered through their sexuality and enable them to go on and build those deep bonds through their adult lives then we need to start discussing sex from birth and no. uh, some people think that, no, maybe that's too early, but there's actually age appropriate ways to start beginning the discussion around their bodies and, 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 and protection and safety, et cetera, that all lead up to um, different aspects and different elements of the talk that you're going to ongoing, you're going to be having ongoingly throughout their, their childhood development um, up until their teen years. And I mean, that's exactly what I was meaning with the natural kind of progression. Again, um, I shouldn't call myself, I mean, I'm not a non-average parent. Of course, I also have the same troubles and things like that. But in the end, I am unusually informed, for lack of a better word, because I interact in the child space all the time and with different people, which is a privilege, of course, also sometimes occurs. Sometimes you don't want to know certain things. Uh, but that is really how it was for me as well, kind of the natural progression of talking, uh, just also body awareness. Because even for me, like by the time you become a teenager, you're a little bit, you know, your body is awkward and it's like you're not comfortable with how it looks and you're feeling your boobs are not big enough. Your hair is too curly. You're tall and lanky. I'm now talking here absolutely about myself. <laughs> Um, and if you, I feel you can already, you have to start creating that body awareness already with your child from when they're small so that they know also the differences between their bodies and other people's bodies. And I think it's a beautiful progression, but 
often, like you said, lots of people don't like talking about sex and they're not comfortable with talking about it because a big myth as well that I feel is out there with lots of things, it's not even just about sex, is that people feel also, even if you talk about sexuality, not just sex, that people think that if I have this talk now with my kids, I'm giving them ideas. Now they're going to become all of a sudden, I don't know, gay or, and it's like, like you become it. Obviously we know better than this, but in the end of the day, we're going to start having sex because now we've told them about it. Is that a, a valid fear or what do you feel about that? So I want to take one step back and I just want to address something. It's quite difficult for parents to sometimes have this topic due to the fact that they may have lack of education. Like you said, um, you know, they'll assume that it's going to cause or lead to something. So there's that lack of education. There's that religious repression that is very much um, brought into our lives that internalized trauma, fear, secrecy, guilt embarrassment right this no. predominantly viewed that uh, uh, that sex is male dominated and it's left us quite nervous when it comes to talking about this topic so the first thing that any parent needs to do before having this conversation is actually to ask themselves what are their barriers what are what is stopping them from being able to have this conversation one we're going to explain why they should be and why the benefits of it but once they understand those benefits why, what is blocking me? What is in my way to actually having an open dialogue, being able to have this open dialogue, speaking in a way that is age appropriate and beautiful for children as, as we progress in their lifetimes. And then, you know, just to take it one step further, they, then parents also need to ask themselves, are there words that I'm uncomfortable saying? Is it hard for me to say the word sex? Can I say penis? Can I say vagina? Am I able to name anatomical, anatomically correct parts of the body? You know, you use the anatomical, anatomically correct. Sorry, I don't know what I'm saying today. Anatomically correct words for the body. And, you know, if it's difficult for you to say them, consider why. Consider what was taught to you, what was, hap what happened, where are those blockages come from and work on yourself to break those down, to be able to have these conversations even better with your children. Um, and the, the reason I want you to focus on this before I answer your question is because think about this. Do you want the same thing for your child? Do you want your child to have the same experience that you're having? Absolutely not. So if you don't want that for your child, you have to break that down first in order to have this conversation with them. Yes. Right? Do oh. I want my children to be in this place of shame and guilt and, and embarrassment? Or can I easily have a conversation that's healthy, that's age-appropriate? I see this is going to be a great conversation. I hope we're going to have enough time because, again, we need to take a small break. But don't go anywhere. Lots of good adverts coming up. <laughs> This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. If you've just joined me, you are on Bump and Beyond, and I am your host, Yolandi Becker, and I am talking to passionate certified sex and relationship coach, Golia Foxen, who's also a mother of three boys, and we're talking about that talk we need to have with our children, the sex talk. And I think you've already, I mean, Galia, in the break, I even said to you, it's, it's always so easy also and comfortable, this conversation, this awkward conversation, not that I feel I'm awkward about it, but 
again, just taking a step back, as you mentioned, is like, how do you expect to have this talk, this seemingly awkward talk, um, with your children, if you can't even say the word sex or vagina or penis yourself and you're having to talk to her about and to actually self-reflect and take a step back before you have the talk, I think is so important. But that brings us now to the actual question that I was asking. Yeah. Is it what is is it going to be causing them if we now have the talk with them? Is it going to cause them to have more sex? Is it going to cause them to become something different than that they, what they actually are? <laughs> yeah. So there is this large misconception that by addressing sex bodies and pleasure, we're actually going to be encouraging our children to explore this behavior. However, in, in recent studies and actually multiple, there's like multiple studies, it was revealed that children who had parents that held frequent, honest and open discussions about sex and sexuality actually delayed their children's sexual engagement and it encouraged safer sex when compared to the others who did not. This is because children who healthily have open dis discourse and learn about um, the body positively, the same way we can say nose, we can say penis, right? The same way we say ears, we can say vagina. Um, and they learn about it in a positive, um, natural understanding and a natural way, as opposed to children who seek out that information because their parents aren't giving it to them. So either they get it from their friends or porn or the internet or the television so, uh, and so on. And those portrayals of sex are so unhealthy and so unrealistic that their education is now coming from very unreliable, unhealthy sources. So your child will seek it out. It's, it's inevitable. There are, we are humans. We are sexual beings. So you want to almost know that I have the ability to equip my children with accurate, re real information. And this will help them actually, um, choose healthy relationships and choose how, uh, like a healthy way of addressing sex, which is actually in and of itself that, you know, this, this whole idea of like abstinence that doesn't come from telling someone to abstain. It actually comes from educating them and showing them so that they can make those healthy choices on their own in a way that is actually safe, good and, and empowering for them. And you want them. I mean, for me, it's like, and that's what you were saying that do you want as a parent, your child to have the same experience? And I mean, in essence, you want them to make the choice because in the end of the day, it is, it remains their choice <laughs> in the matter and they need to be able to make it informed with some, either with someone else consensually, of course, with someone else, but that they know those type of things. And the best source of information is you again, like you mentioned though, if you are ready to have this conversation. So I love, love, love that because I think that is so important for parents to have to know as well that because it's inevitable. If I just think of some of the education I had, and I mean, it's even mainstream. I watched Dawson's Creek when I was a child. Yes, now I'm starting to tell people how old I am. <laughs> but I mean, that's the reality, isn't it? And it was even that, and that was a wholesome kind of teenage show. I wouldn't even say, I think you get worse shows than that. And even that, if I now reflect on it, their perception and talking about it is not how you want your child's perception to be about sex and making those decisions. Absolutely. Um, and even even if on the flip side, not only the miseducation they're going to get, but also they see in, let's take movies, for example, PG-13, they see this this way of of love and relationships in such a 
Hollywood romanticized way that's not reality and it also sets them up for failure because they go into a relationship and their boyfriend doesn't just know what they're thinking and they, he doesn't know what flowers to buy her and he doesn't know all these things that the movies just make out it's so easy and it doesn't teach them that healthy communication it doesn't teach them any of that and so if they're getting that information from a movie and they're not hearing from their parent after that movie saying oh it's so funny how you know in that movie it made it, it made it out like everything's perfect did you know for dad to learn to buy me flowers I had to ask him and it was, and you know, that happens for everyone yeah. and that's normal, you know, and to, to be able to bring these conversations in all the time actually creates a healthy space for the children and not live in this world of fantasy and, and, and Hollywood, which is unattainable, unrealistic. And it literally takes, it takes so much more work than, and it leads to so much more disappointment than just having a healthy relationship. Oh, I was, I was actually a little bit disappointed when I lost my virginity that there wasn't some kind of powerful light that came and shined on me while I was <laughs> experiencing this. Because that's how I thought it was like going to be this life changing experience. And that was obviously yeah. not what it was necessarily. But yes. Yeah. So what are some of the benefits? I mean, I think we've covered the benefits obviously of this talk, but when should we start yeah. now? Let's talk about when should we start? Having this talk, you mentioned earlier already birth, <laughs> that yeah. we should start about it. But how? How are we going to start? Why do? Because I think that's also the misconception is that people think that when we're talking, but I think you've already enlightened us today, mm -hmm. is that the fact is, is that when we talk about the talk or sex, it's not talking about the physical necessarily act of having sex. That's not what you're going yeah. to be talking to your Exactly. The, 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 the conversation <laughs> is not just the biological, uh, you know, what happens. It's way more than that. And if anyone mm. just has the biological talk, they, they're setting their child up for even more failure because only having that talk and knowing just that, I mean, that sexual relationship is not going to be satisfying. It's not going to be healthy. It's not going to be good. Right. So sex is way more than just penis and vagina it is so much more mm. than that and it it comes back all the way to the age of birth and where does this come from like why how does it come into that from the age of birth you're going to be showing your children i mean i don't want to go into too many examples and um things because this is why i created a guide for parents to <laughs> give you these practical tools and examples but you know just an example and i don't think we have it, enough time anyway to talk yeah, about no, every single talk but it's just an example that from birth we start giving the children the vocabulary of their body parts you know the same way we're saying where's your eyes we say where's your tummy you know and we teach them you know very age-appropriate body parts so you may not be saying um i don't know like when you're changing their nappy and you're you're going oh no let me clean your coochie you don't say coochie you say let me clean your vagina right and you even though that child's not actually going to speak back to you or anything like that you using the correct terminology you naming their body parts properly you're creating that safe space of nurture and connection and love and communication with the baby. I'm going to be changing your body, your, your nappy. I'm going to be taking off your clothes. I'm sorry. It's cold, right? Creating that safe space for them. Um, when they hear your loving, nurturing voice throughout the, this process, it gives them that, that sense of safety, that security. And that's, that's part of the, the talk. This is why it's an ongoing conversation because it's not physically or humanly possible to have all of this conversation at once. And if you do try to do that, you're setting someone up for so much disappointment, so much failure, and so much like a heartache along the way instead of a natural, easy transition. Um, just, yeah, that safe, secure no. space. 
uh, and it is, and I mean, the bonding that comes with this type of conversations and open and honest conversations with your children, especially as they get better or bigger, better, bigger is really honestly for me, one of the most rewarding things to be able to actually share this with my, especially my daughter, to be honest, because we obviously have a lot more in common with certain things that happen and progress. And I, I really love that. If you've just joined us, you are on 101.9 High FM. This is Bump and Beyond, and I'm your host, Yolandi Becker, and I'm speaking to Galia Foxen about talking sex and sexuality with our children and the importance thereof and how we can do it better. Uh, maybe you were lucky enough that your parents had a good talk with you, but share those experiences with us. We would love for you to share in this conversation. You can, of course, phone us on 010-140-3020 or send us a message on Telegram on 061-895-1019. And, of course, you can also SMS us on 34519. SMSs are charged at one rand fifty per SMS. We've now mentioned about... Um, starting the conversation of body parts and, uh, with our babies and, but how kind of as we progress, then how does it become that we're talking a lot more about the sex part when kind of give yeah. us the highlights? We don't have to give every detail about every single talk with every child, but give us kind of how this will progress as your child gets older. So as it progresses, you move into things like keeping secrets, why it's important to, to not keep secrets, what it, what's the difference between private parts and, and something being private and something being a secret that is very, that's very important for children to understand the difference between, you know, that then bring in ways to prevent sexual abuse and to help your children identify grooming and what grooming actually is and not this like, ridiculous portrayal that some people in the media are putting it out to be these days so that is where you know my god would be very helpful in terms of explaining grooming etc then between and the mean, that's of- also an interesting conversation now that you mentioned that because there's also studies that show that um kids are less likely to be targeted by predators if they use actual words like vagina and penis and don't have these little words um that sometimes we use like you mentioned the word coochie i never my mom never used the word coochie but we all have lots of people have in different languages different words for those the rose and i don't know what all but and there's actually research that shows that um predators are less likely to engage with i don't think it's going to stop them necessarily but they are less likely if your child is more open about these type of things and verbally able to say these things as well. But anyway, I interrupted you. You mentioned now yeah. that's the next phase. <laughs> well, that's one of the incredibly important points. You know, when your child has the knowledge and exp- and education around being aware of abuse, they are very, much more likely to say something that's going to turn anyone who's trying to groom a child off. They're going to move to that innocent um, child who knows nothing because that's a better victim. So the more empowered your child is, the safer they are. And, you know, from the ages of between like five and eight, there's going to be the natural, um, healthy ways of expression and, and um, sexual self-expression that children are going to start um, experimenting with and knowing and understanding what is healthy and what is not as a parent is incredibly important so that you, you can then guard them through that process without creating shame or embarrassment or picking up on anything that is inappropriate to protect them from that. Um, no. And then the, the actual mechanics of cons- 
conception and the different aspects of sex can start to actually come in between ages of seven, eight, right? Um, and, and age appropriately. So you're not going into full on detail, but if a child says to your mommy, um, how did that baby get in your tummy? You know, you're having a second child and your, your, your younger kid says to you, mommy, how did the baby get in your tummy? You don't go, Oh God, put it there. Yeah, okay. You need to give them a little bit more information by that age. Maybe at the age of three, you can touch, you know, Hashem put the baby in my tummy. But at the age of eight, you can't answer like that because they know that it's not enough information and they're going to be more curious and they're going to seek out that information. So, you know, creating that space where you can actually have um, an age appropriate conversation with them to be able to say, Oh, that's such a great question. You know, and start explaining it in that age appropriate way is um, incredibly important. So, yeah. There's, 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 you can go into the science a little using, you know, just the basics. Oh, inside a mommy, she has a uterus and the baby grows inside the uterus. Is there anything else you have questions on? Oh, but then the kid says, but how does it get into the issue? And then you add on information based on their questions, based on where their curiosity is. Ask them what they know. What do you already know? Have you seen anything or did someone tell you anything? Okay. Well, that's important at that point, et cetera. And you take on what they know and you add the, um, accurate information onto that. So as your child um, matures and each child will mature differently, some seven year olds are absolutely not ready and others are like more than ready to hear everything, right? So it's very much about knowing your child and almost getting that sense of like, can they handle this conversation maturely? And then giving them concrete answers and using your discretion through that. No, and I mean, that's, this is really like, I mean, you mentioned now like the five to eight year olds as well with my kids. Um, we, I have a boy and a girl. So certain conversations kind of also naturally, especially around, I would already say like three years started where, you know, like my daughter would notice that her brother has a penis and she doesn't have one. And I think even just those type of, situations where they 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 see the differences between mm-hmm. between what they're they are and what someone else has i think it's so important for them to learn Absolutely. Absolutely. body awareness and that's part of the talk part of the progression Absolutely. how something happens and with both my children as well as you're now mentioning with the older ones it was a very kind of different conversation of mm-hmm. how curious and how not curious they are about it. My son was way too young. He was like two when I had my daughter. So I, I think he just said, um, I told him the baby was in my belly and he never asked how did it get there or anything. I just remember at the end, he asked me, how did the baby get out? <laughs> and then I said through my vagina and then he looked at me like, and even and he was like confused a little bit but I said do you want I kind of asked him about it and he didn't he didn't care he was happy with that information my daughter then later asked me about it because I had a friend who was pregnant and she when I told her like the baby comes out of the vagina her face like was like she was completely shocked and worried the facial expression like what this cannot be I'm like Yes, uh, but you have to remember that your body changes um, and it's built to do that. So you don't have to worry about it. It's not, you're way too young to push any baby out of your vagina. So don't be worried about it. But it's interesting also how those kind of questions um, uh, progress. Uh, we do actually have from Murray and Joseph, she's asking a question. Should mothers talk to their sons or should fathers do this? 
A grandma marrying. It is a good question. It's a very good question. And I believe that the conversation should be split. It shouldn't just Mm. come from one parent. Different aspects can come from both parents. So, you know, like you said, um, when your son asked you, he was shocked. And also your daughter had that same response, you know, it comes out where. So sometimes it's about building up to giving them information that you know might be scary for them. So you say, well, it's an incredible thing. You know how mommy's explained to you about the woman's body, how like, you know, you're going to develop breasts and these things are going to happen. So one of the things that you develop is hips and your hips have this special way of opening. And if, if a mommy's hips can't open, a doctor can also take the baby out of her tummy, right? So before you explain, oh, the head now pushes through a vagina, you're kind of giving them a little bit more information so they, okay, they're feeling a bit more safe. They're feeling more, a bit more ready to hear this information. See, you're much better at this conversation <laughs> than what I was but we're going to add on to yes. this just now um, but I think what you did break. was it was very good it was still very good but just to to to, to normalize that anxiety I'm pretty sure I did normalize it but what I said I Absolutely. cannot remember but we're getting on to this <laughs> just more just now this is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker the show about pregnancy and babies 101.9 megahertz of life Yes, this is 101.9 High FM. I am Yulandi Becker, the host of Bump and Beyond, and today we are talking sex and sexuality with our children and how to have that talk. Or oh, now we've realized the continuous talk of body awareness, sexuality with our children. And um, if you've missed this, don't worry too much, luckily, because we are strongly running out of time. But don't worry. Remember that this and all of our other shows are available uh, as podcasts on hivem.com. So please don't worry and go share this with your friends so that they can also be enlightened and informed on how to have this very important conversation. Um, before we went to the ad break, we uh, Marion sent in the question of grandma. She calls herself Grandma Marion. So thank you, Grandma Marion, for sending in the question. Uh, she was asking is, should dads be having the talk with their son and should moms be having the talk? And I think definitely I agree with the fact that certain aspects, I obviously know a, a bit more about vaginas and periods than my husband. So I feel it's a appropriate conversation for me to have with my daughter. But in the same breath, my I definitely speak about sex and sexuality as well with my son. And part of the reason, I mean, there's various reasons why I probably do it just because I am open and honest also with him, but also because I want him to be respectful of women and our sexuality as well. And that respect and confidence to operate in that arena, I feel will come from me as well. So I don't know what's your idea about that. I want to just, you know, add to that. I think you're 100% right, but I also want to say that even more so, if you want to teach your children healthy sexuality, especially if you're trying to speak about relationships, if you only have the same gender teaching you about that specific gender, you're almost missing out on the aspect and the the connection um, of relationships that is important in order to have a healthy sex life. So for a father to only have conversations with his sons, how is he going to have healthy then conversations with a, with a female around this? Your in in essence, actually, your husband should know about periods and things so that your daughter can say, "Dad, can you give me 
tampons, right? And it yeah. can be weird for her to be able to ask that because she knows that dad knows about periods and it's not yeah. a weird thing to dad and it's a healthy, normal thing and part of the body. And there shouldn't be that, you know, those adverts of the father in the, the shop not knowing what pads to buy and he buys the giant large ones for after, after giving birth to a baby for his 12-year-old daughter. No, that's, that's absolutely in ignorance and those men should be educating themselves and should be taking responsibility for the fact that they had a child. If you're going to have yes. a child, you should need to be able to educate them. Don't go and say, oh, I don't know what pads to buy. That's the mother's job. It's not. You had a child and you're responsible for that child. And it's the same for the mother. If you have a son, you're responsible for that son too. And you're responsible for teaching them everything as well as both parents. So, yes, like we said, it's not a talk. It's not one talk. It's an ongoing conversation. Going and conversation. parts of this conversation are going to be had by different parents. And that is perfect and beautiful. If you're in the car with your son you know, mother to son, and he asks you a question, you answer it. And if then the son asks dad a question, he answers it. And if he doesn't know, he can say, let's ask mom together kind of thing. But it should never be, and I'm very passionate about this, it should never be mm. that only one gender speaks to the other because you actually, you're not teaching that safety, that 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 closeness that can come from just it being natural and healthy. And the minute it becomes like, I only can talk about this with my mom, and again, you're creating shame and, and, and secrecy around it, which is not the reality and it shouldn't be the reality because you're actually setting them up for way more issues. No, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, just now also you talking about it, for me also reminds me of, you know, like that even I remember, and I mean, it wasn't my husband is actually also quite open about these things. Mm -hmm. And I remember also feeling awkward when we just got together to tell him, listen, yeah, please, can you buy me some tampons? Which I shouldn't feel awkward about. I mean, obviously he was like, sure, of course I'll do it. No problem. Which ones and the pink one or oh, I can't even remember. Um, and, but I was actually feeling a little bit, uh, but in the same breath, I was also like, obviously he knows when I'm on my period. So it's, I don't know why I felt embarrassed, but again, that's the type of situations that we want to avoid with our children because it's just like buying toilet paper. We all do it or 50% in this case, more than because we are more women than men, but a crap load of us have periods. So deal with it. That's the reality of the world. Um, but mm -hmm. there is some, you've also mentioned now the different phases of talking with our children and the continuous conversation. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for today for me is the fact that it should be, uh, it's not the talk. It's a conversation from, from small to uh, uh, older. And again, it also, in that sense, it makes it also a little bit less pressure. I feel for a parent. Because even if you mess it up a little bit along the way, you can always rectify it if there's an ongoing conversation. Because sometimes you do say things or encounter people. I had a, a, a thing the other day about it where where I, I didn't know how to address a person. And yeah, and now afterwards, it actually opened up a conversation with my kids about it. But in any way, but a specific question that I wanted you to answer, and uh, I hope you are going to answer it, because we talked about when kids ask, where do babies come from initially? How would you answer that? To Because I explained it to what my age? parents. What, what age now, child? I'm not talking like a young kid. Like I'm saying like between that five to eight years Kind of thing. Okay. If they're asking you, where does a baby come from? 
how would you also I remember telling my kids also I said the vagina and the penis is like puzzle pieces that kind of fit together and there's a seed and an egg and from that a baby grows within the mom's belly that's kind of how I explained it So if a five-year-old asks the question, we don't really speak about penis and vagina fitting together because they they can't comprehend that so much yet. Mm. So at five years old, you're going to basically just say exactly what you said, that a mommy has an egg in her tummy and a daddy gives her the seed and then it goes together and it it grows into a baby and it it grows in her uterus using that terminology. And then then as they get older, they'll say, okay, but but how did the seed get from daddy to mommy? How does he give it to her? And then you start creating the conversation about the puzzle pieces. But it, it has to be a healthy um, build up in the sense that the child isn't almost like being shocked with too much information. And that's that's part of the, the conversation is being able to just have ha- take a step back and have a conversation that says, this is a little bit of information. This is more information. This is more information. Okay. It all fits together. When I finally told my, you know, he's nine years old now, but we had the conversation about a year ago when I finally, you know, and I used books and I used different aids to exp- explain what I'm saying. When I finally told him about everything fitting together, he was like, Oh, that's so cool. And I was like, <laughs> you, you think it's cool? In my head, I was like freaking out. I was like, what is happening? Why is he? Why is he really responding positively to this? It's supposed to be awkward and shameful and negative. What is happening? And I was like, okay, yes, it is quite cool. And then, you know, building on that, when he's a little bit older, he'll ask about pleasure and like, does it feel nice? Or what, what happens? Is it uncomfortable? And then you, you build on that and you create those healthy understandings so that for them, they know exactly what they're, um, what their body is capable of. And the fact that they can know that, that is so empowering. The fact that uh, someone can understand that her period is something that's incredibly empowering and not yeah. a shameful, dirty thing, then it's amazing. When when it's, anything's taught in a shameful, secretive way, it makes you feel like it is bad, dirty, naughty. Um, stay away from it. And then the curious child who is seeking extra stimulation, extra expression, extra whatever, then that's where they're going to seek it because they don't understand it. As opposed yeah. to if they understood it, they know how to healthily approach it within themselves, within just even reading a book more about it, quelling that curiosity yeah. instead of having to seek um, ways of expressing yeah. that curiosity Daria, in an, un- in an unhealthy is already way. telling me again that we're running out of time. We're going to have to have a whole other conversation about this, but just more about this just now after this break. This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. And so once again, another great show is coming to an end and it was a great one. If you've missed it, don't worry because luckily the podcast will be available on highfm.com afterwards. And this and all of our other shows and of course all the other shows we have on Hive M. You can go listen at your own time when you feel like it. Um educate. Even if you just want to recap again some of the things that were shared. Because sometimes things are not relevant in the moment that we hear it, but you might find benefit of um of it, especially this parenting journey a little bit later. Goya, this has been really great and 
if you've just joined me, you know that I've I've been you wouldn't know that I've been speaking to Galia Forkson about sex and sexuality of, with our children, having that conversation, ongoing conversation with our children. Uh, I in the beginning of the show mentioned if you're not following her yet, you need to follow her on Instagram at um, Galia Forkson. Uh, because it's really great, insightful things about um, sex and relationships and educating our children as well. So it's a variety of topics that you talk about, which is fantastic and super entertaining as well, by the way. Lots of the videos are great. Uh, but yes, the big thing as well is that you've made our life easier and you created actually a guide that we can follow to have this talk ongoing conversation with our children. Tell us a little bit about the guide and where we can find it. Um, thank you for mentioning it. It is, um, it's called the parent, it's a parent's guide specifically for parents. Um, the guide is basically an amazing, oh, it's, it's my baby. <laughs> it took me a really long time to complete. It's called the complete parent's guide for children of all ages, developing a healthy relationship with sex. And the guide, um, I'll just kind of give you a little bit of the table of contents. It's basically talking about um, the conversation, having that ongoing conversation for each stage of your child's life. So there's a stage of 0 to 3, 3 to 8, 9 to 11. It speaks about consent, abuse. Then the age of 12 to 18, it speaks about um, puberty and different the different topics that parents need to address by what age and what are the things that they need to bring into each of those topics, how to have the conversation, conversation starters, points, tips, um, tricks, etc. It's um also has resources at the end as well as being endorsed by professionals in this field like Luke Lambrecht, Leonard Carr and Tova Goldstein. So not only is it a, a massive work of a labor of love from our part, but it's also been endorsed and um by huge, huge professionals in this team. And it just, it says so much to me that this is an important conversation and this is something that needs to be had. And this is something that needs to be had in this, in this framework. It, my God is, is just a, an idea. It's in the framework. It gives you the space and the, the, the turfs and you will take that framework and you will implement it into your child's life in your own way. It is not a rule book. It is not a rule book. It is a guide. And that's, that's important that we all know that it is something that we can use to help educate our children that much better to be able to talk about puberty, to be able to talk about the changes that are going to happen in our, in our bodies, to be able to feel empowered and, and our children to feel safe to come and say, just, Oh, mommy, I'm feeling so weird about this change that just happened in my body. Or what is this thing on my face? And being able to say, Oh, my baby, remember I told you about that thing called acne look that is what acne look, looks like and oh okay and, and remember what i told you about treating it it's about washing your face with soap okay cool you know it's about just having those healthy spaces that when changes and things happen in their body it is so natural and safe for them that when they become an adult and they have a sexual relationship and they're able to make these decisions it is safe they're protected they're um consensual it is um a loving, nurturing space with, with open and honest conversation with your partner, because that is key to having that healthy yeah. sexual space. Oh, Galia, this has been a wonderful, everyone go get, grab that. You need to go grab that um, guide immediately. Uh, and it's available on my website. Great. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for joining me again today. And 
Remember to also join me next week as I call, uh, talk to pediatric chiropractor, Dr. Catherine Falkenberg, um, obvious about chiropractic. It's been a fantastic show as always with all of you. The world is changed by our example, not by our opinion. Let's lead by example for our children. Thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, enjoy your day. <laughs>